Okay, and then we're going to get our boy Craig to join because he saved my butt last time. Now recording. Yay. He was on you like aluminum on a Mac. <laughs> Uh, I don't have any witty come come back to that, but that was such a that was a great comment. <laughs> <laughs> the silence made me worry. I don't have any witty comment, but I like it. <laughs> I like it. So, welcome to Active Discourse, the Technology Roundtable podcast. I'm your wizard and slow to respond co-host, Brett. And I'm a typist from the 1960s. And uh, my name is Bo. <laughs> 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 We're really stretching this one out here, but <laughs> the wizard and whatnot will maybe make a little bit more sense later because today we are talking about keyboards. Um, <laughs> so both of us happen to get uh, shiny new keyboards during the quarantine and we both have opinions to share about them, but that will come later. Um, so first we want to dig into one quick follow-up news story and that is, Bo, your Galaxy Tab S6 is updated to Android 10. Congratulations. Finally. Finally. Yep. So, background, the Galaxy or what Android 10 came out in September, was it? Yeah, September 3rd. Yep. And now you have it. Um is there any UI difference that you notice? Not really. Okay. So, the appearance is is pretty much the same. Um, I think even on stock Android, which I haven't used for quite some time, there probably isn't a lot of visual difference. Um, but especially for Samsung in particular, the UI is really polished. I'm I'm actually really happy with the UI. So the fact that not much has changed is a good thing. Good. I'm very happy with the UI here. Um, one thing that um, I really do like that uh, it kind of landed in in like two of our questions, but I'll I'll answer it. Uh, I'll use it as an answer here. Um, the status bar used to pull down no matter where you uh, grabbed from on the status bar. Like if you're in landscape and grabbing from the top left or the top right, it would always pull down from the middle. Okay. And a nice little UI change they did here is that if you pull down from the top left, the status bar will be open. It'll open from the left side of the screen. So it'll pull down from there. If you go to the top right and pull down from there, the status bar will open there. Does the status bar not extend throughout the whole screen? Yeah, it's not the whole width of a oh. landscape screen now. It's it's probably roughly half of the whole width of the the landscape orientate oriented screen. Oh, that's um, adorable. But it's yeah, it's really nice. It pulls down like where you're pulling from, so it's uh, a little more accessible instead of being this like super wide yeah. thing that just opens in the middle no matter what. So other than that, no, there's not really a whole lot of UI differences. I think there were a few polishes in the settings uh, menus, um, but nothing major. So I, uh, I think not a lot to talk about in terms of UI. Yeah, and I think that we're moving closer to a world in which UI doesn't really change dramatically ever. Um, maybe it'll happen again, but I also think that just in general, things are kind of trending towards UI changing slowly, just not to scare people. So it also looks like there's a, a feature that you're pretty dang excited about that came oh, as well. Let's yes. Tell me about the next one. 
Bluetooth support for PlayStation 4 controllers. This is the one that I was waiting for. And the, when I when I got the Tab S6, when we talked about it on our previous episode, this was one of the main things I said I was buying it for was so I could use PlayStation Remote Play on the tablet. Mm-hmm. And I can finally do it with my DualShock 4 controller. So I can use it uh, plugged in USB or I can do it with Bluetooth. And I haven't played a lot. I, I tested out an Android game actually with it. I haven't done uh, PlayStation quite yet, but the Android game uh, worked really well with the DualShock 4. So that was very nice to to see and be able to use. So, Yeah, the, uh, the Tab S6 was... The update here was a little delayed um, for me. I think it landed on the Tab S6 as soon as a month or uh, like three weeks ago. Um, and then I think even Verizon's device got it Mm -hmm. like two weeks ago at least. And Mm. for some reason it was, I was, I've been sitting here like, it's been one week since Verizon's tab S six got the Android 10 update. It's been two weeks since Verizon's tab S six got the update. It's been three weeks just counting up and, uh, it's finally here. So very, very pleased to finally have this feature that I pretty much, you know, like 65% bought the Tab S6 for. So, finally, it's becoming worth it. No. it. It sounds like the bad days of uh, software updates for Android are still well active. Huh? Yeah, it's... Yeah, they're they're not timely at all, and... A lot of it is because of the, just you're up to the you know you're left to the whims of that particular uh, manufacturer. So Samsung, LG, Sony, Motorola, you know, whoever it is that you got your device from, it's essentially them or your carrier or both, That's and you have to wait on them to get you the update, even though Google may have launched the latest major version two months ago. That's so strange. That's just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand why um, the carriers care so much about a software update taking place. Like I, I remember just the days back when it was a while back now, but working at Verizon where if there was a software update that came, I, you know, I, I'd talk with folks, but about bad software updates that came through but really ultimately what it came down to was like yeah you're, it's it's a samsung phone or it's an lg phone it's the the software update came from samsung or lg it doesn't doesn't come from verizon it's not it's not a verizon update it's a samsung update it's a verizon it's a lg update it's a google update yeah. it's it it's from google and it's up to samsung and lg to make it better and it just blows me away that carriers care so much about it they really should not even be involved. The The level of, I'm going to call it interference, because that's what it is. The level of interference that carriers have on people's devices these days is ridiculous. The name carrier should tell you what they should be doing. They should just have service that gives you a signal, and you can access your data and make calls. But they've become... They've become software providers and service providers 
and whatever else providers all at the same time. So uh, that's kind of the the issue uh, in part is because uh, companies like Verizon or even T-Mobile, uh, they all pretty much have uh, a hand in putting big delays on these software updates. Some of it may be for good reason. Uh, they have a lot of people to service and they have to make sure that they're stable, but um, it's not just making sure it's stable. It's adding their own things to the software, their own bloatware. So that's that's a big part of it. I'm sure they must save money somehow or they must make money somehow from it. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on how exactly they make or save money on it. But, um, you know, they've been doing it for so long. Obviously, it seems like it's a practice that makes them money. So they're probably just going to keep on doing it. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, it, it seems what it like we've come... We, it seems like we've heard a few times over the past five years, like some features coming to Android phones, like a, a different uh, partition setup that's going to make updating so much easier, faster, and cheaper for manufacturers that users will see faster updates. And we never see any of those gains. So I, I don't know when we will uh, at this point. From what I've heard, it, it looks like it's multifaceted, honestly. It it does look like there's a huge effort from the manufacturers to be able to do it up front. Um, I know that Nokia has done a better job of do uh, of being able to deploy faster updates because of the fact they went all in on Google's, I think, Android 1 initiative. I don't know if it's still called that anymore, but um, you know they went all in on that, and the Android 1 initiative allows very easy software updates from the manufacturing perspective. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, I mean, Samsung doesn't want to do that. And it's a very complicated conversation just in general. Like it's clear that Samsung hasn't decided to go forward with that. And for, I think, you know, fine reasons, because I know that you're happy with your S9 and with your Tab SX, but, and I'm, I'm, I'm just also glad as well, though, that they haven't necessarily allowed them to hold back entirely from security updates. Um, they've been able to uncouple security updates at least that's good there's there's been a couple gaps here and there where because they're supposed to be monthly but uh, there's been a couple gaps where a month has been skipped or something but uh, at, at least those come through on a pretty much regular basis right so i guess the other uh big question here is whether or not you even care to get android 11 uh, and if you think it's possible, you're going to get Android 11 on this uh, tablet. I wouldn't mind getting a new software update. Sure. I never would turn down features. <laughs> uh, possibly for the tab. The tab might see it because mm -hmm. usually you could rely on two major updates. Uh, and the tab launched with Android 9. It's highly unlikely for the S9 Plus. It did. Uh, it did launch with 8.0, so Android 10 is is the second major update, and that makes it even less likely that the S9 Plus would see Android 11. Man, it, it it's so weird. It's so it's so sad because what the S9 Plus came out in what was that 2017? Um, the S9 Plus, yeah, I've had it for two years, going into my third year. So yeah, yeah. 2017. It's not an old phone. <laughs> it's not an old phone at all. I bet it doesn't even feel old, right? Like you're still yeah, using no, it. No, it feels very new. Right. It's still super snappy. I, you know, I could have bought this phone last week and it would still feel like 
a modern yeah. phone. Yeah. And I guess for the folks who are still buying it, I don't know if uh, the S9 is still available for purchase these days, but, um, you know, so long as you continue to get software updates, I, I guess, you know, it could be a good thing, actually, if you don't necessarily get big feature updates in the future, because I know that uh, some folks who are interested in buying an S9 today might not appreciate uh, a, a huge feature update of anything drastically changing at all. So, so long as the security updates continue to come along, I think that that's a that's a fine middle ground. That's an interesting middle ground, especially if it still feels good. So, um, uh, one piece of news slash follow-up, uh, to address here as well is that, uh, Android TV might be getting a rebrand. This is just kind of a rumor that's been going around recently. Um, and I would expect we should see something probably about this over the course of the summer, if this is true. Um, but it looks like Android TV might be rebranded to Google TV. And that's such an old name that's coming back to life. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, yeah. And as someone who owned a mediocre Sony Google TV, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> but yeah, Google TV, it's a fine name. It really is going to have no impact on people because of the fact that people do not remember Google TV, I assure you. Yeah. Um, what What else is not surprising is that Google is rebranding something. Weird, right? It never happens. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I am not shocked. I got a... Uh, email the other day saying that so this podcast is also hosted on uh uh google play music podcast or something like that i don't know what they call it the previous generation <laughs> who knows it. what they call yeah, anything right. anymore but i got an email from google basically saying so thanks for having your podcast in our directory um you know it was a nice little thank you email and then also saying also uh we're also going to be rebranding to uh google podcasts like great I you know <laughs> i, I kind of thought it was already google podcast anyway so whatever <laughs> regardless google is rebranding something so android tv yeah possibly i don't think that it's guaranteed yet but yeah uh, i guess we'll find out in early june because they're the the uh information that we have is saying june 3rd is when this announcement would allegedly take place so i guess we'll find out when that day rolls around all right so last month uh apple released a uh magic keyboard for their ipad and i was uh initially skeptical skeptical about whether or not i would end up getting one but the day that they got released i couldn't help myself and decided to splurge anyway so now i have a review to share um and Bo also around that same time purchased a mechanical keyboard for his desk so we both find ourselves at an impasse both Love our keyboards, uh, and we both have reviews to share. So um, we'll answer some questions about our purchases and probably go on tangents over the course of the next several minutes. So, As we usually do. Yes. Topic time. Uh, keyboards for May. So, Bo, you got a keyboard. What did you get? Well, it's kind of a modern take on a typewriter. So you know those old things? You, t you just hit buttons, and then they put letters on paper. It's like that. It's a new kind of thing, and I, I don't know. We'll have to see if it sticks. Um, if it sticks, how clever. <laughs> don't get so a sticky key. It's a, uh, it's a mechanical keyboard, which is a lot like any other keyboard, except it's a lot more clicky, like this. <laughs> so um, other keyboards uh, are, you know, membrane is a, another common type, or uh, Apple's newer uh, laptop keyboards have some, like, what are they, scissor uh, something or other? It's a hot topic. Yeah, so a <laughs> whole bunch of 
engineering that goes into finding different ways to make keyboards. And uh, the mechan- a mechanical keyboard, there's different types of switches, but essentially it comes down to um, it's, it's just uh, like the old school typewriters. So um, they're a lot more tactile. You get a lot more feel out of them. Um, they take some getting used to, and obviously they're a little louder. So they don't work for everybody. Um, but they, they kind of have a super big niche, uh, surrounding them. Tons of people like to just buy a bunch of mechanical keyboards and put them on shelves in their room. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that's, that's what it is. It's a, it's a key, Keychron K4. They have a few different models. Um, they're, they're pretty affordable. So, uh, it was, uh, an upgrade from my previous one and we'll talk about the reasons why in a, in a, the next few minutes, but, uh. Yeah. That's uh, that's what we got. Yeah, I've heard of the Keychron brand, actually. I think that they're probably one of the most reputable brands um, for mechanical keyboards. There's uh, the people who make the switches. Who are the people, people that make the switches? I know that that's another there, reputable there's a, brand as yeah, well. There's a, there's a couple or a few um, that kind of are, are popular in that space. So Cherry is uh, Cherry, probably yeah. the most well-known. Uh, yeah. Gatoron is another one. Okay. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It could be like Gateron or something like that, but Gateron. Uh, and though that's the switches that are in um, the Keychrons. So, wh- uh, which uh, which color uh, switches do you have again? Oh shoot, blue? Maybe. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. We're gonna need that. <laughs> red. Is that your final answer? Yes. All right. Red. Great. Yeah. So I got. I got the Gatoron red switches, and that is a little bit of a middle ground between the quietest ones and the clickiest ones. Okay. So it's clicky, but it's also softer sounding than some of their more super heavy clicky switches, um, which is kind of why I went there, just because I'm not a super enthusiast about mechanical keyboards. I just like the sound and the feel of them, so I went for a little middle-of-the-road type of switch. Cool. Nice. So that that's what I've got, and I happen to know what you got because you brought it over here, so I could touch it and see it. We we maintain maintain social distance, by the way. Yes, but we did. I actually. did get to check it out. Um. So what have you got? Okay. So yes, I got the. I'm not going to beat around the bush too much because I've already said it multiple times. Um. This is the famous keyboard case for the iPad Pro, the new one that Apple uh, just released. It is a terrible name for a product, but it is the magic keyboard for iPad Pro 12.9. Horrible name for a product, but whatever. Anyway, so works for the 12.9 inch, and I think that that's actually important to state that this is the 12.9 inch version because I have a 12.9 inch iPad. I have the larger of the two, and there is a very slight difference between the two, and it comes down to physics. Um, from what I've heard so far about reviews between the two is that most people who have the 11-inch versus the 12.9 feel like it's more restrained than the 12.9. The 12.9 seems to be a little bit more fluid, a little bit better reviewed just from the terms of the angle in which you can have it at. So, yeah, um, it, it's it's really freaking cool. Um, it has the literally the same keyboard that is on the magic keyboard on my desk that is on the new laptops that they uh, just released as well so it's a neat little device it's a neat little device so back to you Bo. why did you get your keychron k4 
I like clicky things. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I, I had a mechanical keyboard before. Uh, that was that was my first one, the previous one. Uh, that was from a brand called Atzio. Uh, it might be Italian. I'm not sure. Atzio. He was the main character in Assassin's Creed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Assassin's Creed. Uh, it's an A instead of an E, but yeah, I pronounce it pretty much the same way. Atzio. Eh, tomatoes, tomatoes. Atzio, yep. Atzio. Exactly. <laughs> Grazie. I'll shut um, the hell up now. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> I got it as an upgrade to that because that one was wired, and I was looking to yep. get a wireless keyboard. So this one uh, has Bluetooth, um, and I, I can connect wirelessly. Um, it's also still backlit, so I didn't lose that when getting the the no. wireless keyboard, which is a kind of a, a nice combo. Um, so it's a pretty affordable upgrade over what I had previously, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I like fancy clicky things, and I like getting gadgets. <laughs> That's fair. Why are you interrogating me? <laughs> <laughs> did you have to build this one at all, or is it, did this come assembled in a box? No. Yeah, this one came with the keycaps on it. Uh, it, it actually it uh, comes with a couple swappable keycaps in the box, and this will uh, please you. Mm-hmm. Came with Mac style oh keys. yeah and then you actually have to switch it there's a physical switch on the side of it that you have to to move to change it from windows to mac style keys and then you change the keycaps to uh to windows like alt versus command and stuff like that so why did you why did you go out and buy your well not go out why did you get your magic keyboard sent to your doorstep yeah i mean honestly same same as you because of the fact that it's more or less a curiosity this is such a interesting product i mean it floats man um it's it's such a unique looking design um but i didn't need it it wasn't out of necessity because i already have the smart keyboard folio which has worked well i i got it as a bundle of part of the ipad that i got a year ago um but i wanted to talk about it as well here i wanted to see what a first generation product like this kind of keyboard would exist or how how exactly it would work um and i also wanted to see if the hype is real um just because everyone was talking about it i was reading so many things about it i was so excited to see what people thought about it and when push came to shove i was like screw it man i want to see what people say about it but i also want to have my own opinion about it as well um i guess the other thing as well is the fact that when they release the trackpad support for ipad i used the trackpad uh, I, I hooked up my magic trackpad to my ipad and it was really really well done and as i was using it, i was like man this would be really cool to see what uh, a laptop like device or what a lap what an ipad would do in a laptop like form factor so i was also curious to see how that would go so yeah it was a curiosity that was all that's the reason why i got it so infinite gadgets so little time so the keychron what does it do differently than your previous one it uh has a really really nice combo of having backlights being wireless with Bluetooth, and having a USB-C port. 
So that's a, still a pretty uncommon combo right now because you can get a wireless mechanical keyboard, but odds of it being backlit are still pretty low. But it's, it supports USB, so I can plug it in and it works uh, very quickly. Like sometimes you get Bluetooth interference or whatever. I can plug it in with USB and it's a USB-C port, not micro USB. So it, uh, it yeah, it hits like the, the trifecta of connectivity and still has Bluetooth, uh, or I mean uh, backlighting. And uh, funny enough, it's uh, individually backlit keys. So you get some cool Ooh. features with that. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. I... Uh... I think there's been like one or two devices that entered my home in the last year or two that were micro USB. Uh, specifically, I think the Logitech MX Master 2, which borderline should have had USB-C. It should have, it should have had it. Like Android phones have had USB-C now forever. And it makes no sense why when Logitech reinvented their master line that they didn't just put USB-C on it, but whatever. Um Honest to God, like having any more micro USB in my house is just annoying. Yeah, any new product these days should not have micro USB. We've we've come a long way in what the five years that USB C has been, you know, slowly making its way to the forefront. But soon enough, we will reach the promised land. My keyboard has USB C on it as well. <laughs> That's true. So what? Aside from USB C, what yep. what does the uh, what does the Magic Keyboard do differently from other? Uh, iPad supported keyboards or other keyboards in general. Yeah, I'm gonna be curious to know if uh, you had enough time uh, last week when we looked at this, whether or not you came away with any of these impressions as well. But what really blew me away that I wasn't ex- really expecting. So for background, again, I had the Smart Keyboard Folio. That's the um, the non-backlit, the the fabric covered keyboard that basically just opened and closed like a normal little hinge. Nothing too crazy about it. And um, I had that. I had that for about a year or so. And I had the previous generation of it as well on my previous generation iPads. And so I, in general, knew what a keyboard and an iPad felt like. Uh, But the addition of the trackpad really took me by surprise um, because with the addition of the trackpad, it felt way more like a laptop than I had expected. Like I had expected for the trackpad, similar to when the trackpad was an external device on my desktop and interacting with the iPad to feel like, oh yeah, it's, it's a trackpad, but I, my primary input is touch. But with the trackpad actually on the keyboard, um, it feels natural. It feels just like a laptop um, because it is a laptop with this keyboard. It is a laptop and um, it feels it doesn't feel like Mac OS, but it doesn't feel like iPad OS anymore either. It feels like something between the two. And yet there's really nothing different other than the fact that there's a cursor moving around on the screen. It's just hard to describe because of the fact that it doesn't look any different, but it feels so different. Is that kind of a just like a mental thing, the the mind state that the keyboard puts you in, or is it uh, something? Yeah, no, you... it's totally the mental state. It's not, um, you know, with, it, this is not something I felt when I had the smart keyboard folio because the smart keyboard didn't have the trackpad. So again, great naming by Apple here because of the fact that the Magic Keyboard and the Smart Keyboard. Uh, I mean, like if 
I, I can only imagine all the con- complexity going through people's minds if they don't really know or care about what kind of keyboard this is. So the Magic Keyboard, again, has the trackpad. That is everything. That is everything that makes this feel so crazy different, having that trackpad on there, because it feels all of a sudden like a laptop, but it does not look like a laptop. It doesn't, the, the interface doesn't look like a laptop. It doesn't act like a laptop. The mouse doesn't act like Mac OS. It doesn't act like Windows. It acts like something else entirely. Uh, and it's good. It, I think that the trackpad interface is good, but take away the trackpad and it feels like an iPad with a keyboard. Hmm. Add the trackpad, it feels like something else entirely at least in my mind. So, and I like it. I guess that's where the magic is then. It's in the trance. Did you get any impression when seeing this or did it just basically feel like an iPad with a keyboard to you? When you saw it I would it say last it week? felt above that. Um, okay. At, at least. I liked how, res- how responsive and clicky it was for being such a minimal keyboard and still having the trackpad on it. Um, I actually like that it's so over-engineered too. <laughs> it's wildly engineered, right? It's no such kidding. a crazy, Holy wicked, crap. like, just, I mean, it's really well made. It's dense and, and feels good. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I was really impressed just with the, the way it, <laughs> man, this is, this is conversations only techies can have because i was about to say (laughs) the way it portrays itself and it's like it's a it's a keyboard man (laughs) right right i (laughs) i think that the way it portrays itself as well is from the floating um keep from the floating ipad from the floating monitor on top of it when i end up going back into work at some point i'm going to be taking this keyboard with me to work and i'm going to (laughs) be very curious to see what people think about it because that floating monitor that floating ipad the monitor is crazy. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the old iMac G4 from the uh, middle 2000s. Um, it's cool. It's a cool device. It's a real cool device. Um, what don't you like about your keyboard? I'm not sure I like the compact layout. So most keyboards have a fair amount of space around keys on toward the right side, like the arrow keys, especially. Um, but the K4... And I think all of Keychron's keyboards have a layout that basically gets rid of any space between keys. So that means that the keyboard is very compact. Um, It takes up less space than keyboards with full layouts. Uh, However, it seems a little harder for me to find keys when I'm looking for them. I use the arrow keys quite a bit to move around, and they're a little hard for me to get to. Like, I have to stop and look down at my keyboard to find the arrow keys because there's no gap around them like there there is on other keyboards. Uh, same with other keys like home, end, and delete. Usually they were on their own little island, and I could, you know, I've obviously I've been using that full layout since you know i was three years old or something like that so i was very used to it um this one eliminates a lot of that space and that familiarity so i'm i'm kind of lost sometimes when i'm looking for keys that are outside of the the let's say the left 60 keys or something like that so if i go anywhere from the enter key over 
I'm starting to head into unfamiliar territory. Um, but I, I really wanted to get a keyboard that still had a, a number pad on there, um, which was a, a, a big reason that I, I got it. Um, so it's, it's great, but I, I don't know if I'll be able to stick out the, the compact layout. I'm, I may have to give up and get a, a bigger keyboard. We'll see. What uh, what don't you like about your your Magic Keyboard? All right, so this is maybe sounds minor, but it's probably the thing I like the least about it. Honestly, is how it looks like how it looks when it's closed. Counter to your argument last time, by the way, about how plastic should make a comeback. I think that the outside casing on this iPad indicates why that is not the case. Um, with this case. It's a big plasticky case, basically, that encompasses the iPad, which is otherwise a slim, smooth, aluminum, well-designed product. And I'm not necessarily arguing about the bulk, but the plastic case on it makes it look and feel like a big case instead of like a laptop. It doesn't look like a laptop. If it's closed on your desk, it looks like an iPad. And from a distance, it looks like it's a big iPad. I don't know. Like the aluminum MacBook Air that I have that I love to compare it to because, you know, it's, a, it's basically the, the MacBook Air from 2012 that I have really is just an example of all Apple laptops for the last decade, basically. And that thing looks way slicker than this closed iPad. So that's honestly the biggest thing that I'm not a huge fan of. What did you think about it when it was closed, when you saw it the other day? I don't know if I paid too much attention to it when it was closed over here. I, th- I think mostly when I was looking at it, I was looking at looking at it open and looking at the keys and, and the trackpad and getting a feel for the keys. I don't know if I paid too much attention when it was closed, so I don't think I have enough experience to to make an opinion on it yeah sure um i know when you're over here we did talk a little bit about the uh the soft touch plastic thing and uh you had one of your older ones too didn't you one of your older cases yes and that one has kind of worn down right uh that's the thing i'm very scared of yep Maybe it's rose-colored goggles for me in terms of the soft-touch plastic. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe this one's better. Maybe the Magic Keyboard has better soft-touch. Yeah, and, and so just a quick elaborate on that. Um, the previous generation smartfolio keyboard thing, um, for whatever reason, whatever material that they used when they made that, uh, it doesn't adhere very, or it doesn't work very well long term with grease. So grease gets just gets trapped inside of the plastic, and so over time, when you're trying to clean it, the grease doesn't come out. Um, and then I think that it's also not really well adhered to the material that's underneath the plastic, and so there's certain ripples that are appearing because I think that the plastic is starting to become detached from the material itself. It's, I mean, it's only a year old. Uh, which is really a damn shame that it's looking like the old one looks like crap so bad. So I'm very nervous that this one will look like that because this was way more expensive. So 
but yeah, that's all. That's all I really got on that. It's a, um, you know, there, it's a little bit heavier. It's definitely a little bit bigger. I don't really like the case of it, but at the same time, it adds so much uh, p- capability and potential that, you know, it, it it does what it needs to do. But it, I think it'd be pretty slick to see this if Apple decided to build the keyboard built into like an iPad at some point, where they know that it's going to be aluminum. They know that the screen isn't gonna come off, and that they can make it a little bit slimmer. They can make it with the isn't right that materials. Just with a aluminum. MacBook of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Like, could you imagine like a, a next generation MacBook where the uh, monitor floats instead of being mm. attached at the back? That'd be kind of cool. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know, maybe. I don't know. So, okay. What's a controversial opinion that you want to highlight about yours? Individually backlit keys are awesome. I like okay. it, but the crazy amount of RGB is so garish and absurd <laughs> i know some people are fans of rgb and uh i i check out the uh battle stations subreddit every so often um because i hate myself and i want to make myself <laughs> feel bad even though i i have a fair amount of gadgets and a good setup already but uh if, if you go on that subreddit you're gonna see tons of rgb and uh this this keyboard is uh, an enabler because it's got i'm looking at the the keychron site now and it's got 15 types of rgb backlight options and you can swap between them with a key combination yeah i mean it goes from simple white backlight to these absurd flowing gradients of different rgb colors and the colors are all moving around and like there's waves and then there's some really crazy ones where the colors are like dashing around under the keys and um, standard issue PCMR. Yep. So there, there's still some other cool things where it's like the key that you press lights up in a different color or something. Oh, that's so, actually, Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. It's super cool for stuff like that. Um, but the ones where, where the RGB for each key is on all the time and kind of flowing and moving around in weird ways gets to be a bit much. Um, do you just do white background or do you do some I, I have been right now, yeah. Wow. I've I've been thinking maybe I'll try one of the ones that uh lights up the, the key that you press or something like that. Yeah, that's that's such a cool idea. I love that idea. Um they actually have a video on their product page that shows you the different modes. So if you're interested, you can check it out on Keychron's website, and they have videos on there to to show all the different uh, things you can do with it. So that was nice to see beforehand. Yeah. Can you customize it so that when you, like, let's say you click the volume up and down, that if you click volume up and down, that it basically makes your keyboard flash as you push it up or down like can you say when i click this button do this good question i don't know for sure i well keychron themselves does not have software to control the keyboard everything you can do to customize the keyboard is based on key combos that you do on the actual keyboard so it comes with a little guide and it tells you here's all the things you can do so you can you can change the f- the function buttons to control media or to act as function buttons, I think. Or you can change, you, you can connect to, obviously, Bluetooth uh, devices up to three 
uh, with key combos. So everything you do is on the keyboard. There's no software to change functionality. Um, so with that said, it's very possible that there's third-party software to do things like that. Yeah. I'll throw out one more subreddit recommendation. So, um, I imagine there's a PC version of this Mac of this uh, subreddit in existence as well. But I follow Mac setups, which is I think there's a Mac Battle Stations subreddit as well. Uh, but I don't know. I I like gaming, but uh, not as much to really do much on my desktop. Um, but Mac setups is kind of like a professional version of battle stations where it's work from home and uh, a nice ergonomic setup and how can you make it look as pretty and whatnot as possible. And so I recommend Mac setups um, if you're at all interested in getting a Mac. Otherwise, find the PC version of that. Separately. I'm always looking for more ways to feel bad about myself. <laughs> I definitely actually, <laughs> I definitely set up my most recent setup in inspiration from uh, Mac setups and actually you know if you uh, really decide to reinvent your world and go all out to do it I'm actually at a point now where I actually feel more comfortable with my setup than maybe about 50% of the setups that I see on Mac setups there's still obviously those out there that are like holy crap that's amazing but still you know, I like mine a lot. Yeah, my my current setup is is definitely very inspired by things that I've come across on battle stations and similar subreddits. Um, so I I joke about it making me feel bad, but um, it's like th- there's obviously those people that have crazy expensive setups and they've like remodeled whole areas of their house to to make their battle station, but. Uh, there are similar subreddits that are like, um, I think one of them is actually called shitty battle stations, shitty battle stations or, <laughs> or average battle stations yeah. or something like that. And, um, I think they have a retro some of one those well. are, it's, it's a little bit less, um, snobby. <laughs> so like it's, it's still, there's some people with some cool setups, but, uh, it's a little more, a little bit more down to earth. Like there's not people that have, $15,000 simulators for helicopters yeah. <laughs> in their in their bedroom or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say Mac Mac setups probably uh tends in that direction as well. But, yeah, and being on the more professional side too, it'll avoid some of the uh potentially garish things like uh like RGB. <laughs> yeah. On the Mac on the Mac side, you just get to, now you get to see the awesome people who have the Mac the expensive Mac Pro and the uh uh, cinema display so yeah so what uh what what controversial opinion do you have about the magic keyboard so this seems to be one that has been kind of growing over the course of the last several years as ipads have gotten more and more capable and i think that this will either tip it in the direction of closing the conversation or making it worse i don't know exactly where we're at yet but the question is why not get a Mac instead? Why are you going through all this effort to make your iPad work like a Mac? Why don't you just get a Mac instead? And um, honest to God, at this point, I think it's a more personal preference than it is capability. Like, sure, there's some things that iOS can do that um, Mac OS can't do or vice versa, where Mac OS can definitely do certain things better than um, 
on iPad. But overall, the experience on both is pretty dang comparable. Um, I don't use Android out of personal preference. I I, I like iPadOS um, as my mobile workstation more. Um, I still love macOS. I really do love macOS. My um, dual 4K monitors on my desktop with my eGPU, my Mac Mini, and uh, wireless keyboard and a trackpad next to a mouse. I love my Mac. I love my Mac setup, and there's definitely things that I can do on my Mac that I absolutely cannot and do not want to do on my iPad. But for mobile computing, I just, honest to God, like iPadOS more. I I subject myself to your judgment. <laughs> Does that bother you? <laughs> I'm curious. Let the hate mail flow through you. Yeah, right. Like, um, you know, I'm going through a lot of effort basically to make my iPad uh, a MacBook. Does does that bother you? I don't know if it does. I don't think it does, but does it? it doesn't bother me. No. I... Does it? Does it confuse you? Like, did do you? Why the hell do I go through so much effort basically to get a MacBook? I mean, it, you know, everything depends on people's use cases. Sure, everything does. So, uh, obviously, people who like to create computer-generated videos and they need 13 hours to render on a high-powered iMac, they're not going to use an iPad for that. So it, it depends on what you're doing with it, and it depends on um, on the, the differences in software, which, like you said, they are converging, but there's still some major differences in just how they operate. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think in general there will still probably always be some fundamental difference between the two um just because of the fact that they grew out of different eras like the mac os grew out of technically the 80s but also out of the next step next era step. right yep um yeah. so they grew out of very different eras where um you know windowing was all the rage as mac os was growing up and that's just built in like if you take away windowing from mac os that's gonna inspire a lot of hate for people who like mac os and you don't want hate for this operating system and mm-hmm. um you know I- ipad os comes from the iphone era where there's no multitasking and um there's multitasking now but it's not nearly the same as it is on um mac os so anyway i it, it's going to be a long evolving conversation and i'm curious to see whether or not this uh preference whether or not people start to realize that it's a preference and you know, you can have both. I like to have both. I love to have both. I, I, as long as macOS is available, I will have macOS on my desktop as well. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up something that was a, a pick for me. Uh, okay, handful of episodes ago, maybe more. Fire away. Um, because when you were talking about where Mac evolved out of, um, like in the the late '80s, um, it, it made me think of. Halt and Catch Fire, which was the, oh, the yeah. show. It's it's available on Netflix. It was my pick uh, a few episodes back or however many. And um, the introduction of the first Macintosh was a small, very small plot point um, because they were developing a, a computer that they intended to feel personal. And then the Macintosh happened and it blew everyone's minds. And like, that's the age that it, that it evolved out of. So that's, it, it got me thinking about Holt and Catch Fire again, which by the way, I'll say it again, 
phenomenal show. I need to check it out. So your Keychron K4, who do you recommend it for? People who also like clicky things like I do. (laughs) Uh, It's it's a semi-portable, mechanical, backlit, wireless keyboard. So it's it's compact, but it still has the full uh, 10-key numpad layout. So you're not really missing any keys by getting it, but it's a little smaller, so maybe it's a little easier to tuck in uh, to a pack and, and take with you. Um, I know uh, a lot of people kind of in the um, the developer um, mechanical keyboard niche will get themselves a keyboard and then they will take it to work with them and then bring it back. Oh, wow. It's It's like taking a bike and locking it up on the rack same day like put it in the backpack come home yeah like yeah you take it there you bring it back so Um, i actually did that for a little while with my mouse because i like the magic uh, the mx master so much that i did bring it back and forth um but then i just got a second one because i like yeah at that point i just got a second one yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, so it's it's semi portable uh, while still having uh, pretty much all the keys that you you would need. Um, it's mechanical, so you get the the good clicky feel out of it. Uh, it's got replaceable keycaps, uh, so you can swap them out with different ones if you'd like to. Um, it's still backlit, even though it's wireless. So even though it's Bluetooth, um, you can still have backlighting, and you can do. Uh, all your fancy RGB tricks on it if you want. Um, and wireless by itself um, with USB-C for charging and, and um, plugging in for uh, wired use is uh, very, very cool. So it, it had hit pretty much all the marks for me. Like I said earlier, I'm still kind of wavering on the compactness of it because I only use it for my desktop. So I don't really need it to be portable. I'm, I'm still kind of thinking maybe I'd like to have a, a fuller layout with a little more breathing room around certain keys, but uh, I'm going to try to stick it out and build some familiarity with it. Cause you know, like I said, it's, I've been, I was using the full typical QWERTY layout for, you know, 20 plus years before I go to this one. So I got, I got to give it a little bit of a shot. It's going to take a little bit of time just to get used to it. If you, you need to let me know if you can't live without the numpad. I don't need a new keyboard, but I would not be opposed to possibly trying that keyboard. Cause actually I might actually like the idea of a, a 10 key less keyboard, but I don't know. I don't need a new keyboard anytime soon either, though. I have all the keyboards I need in my life right now. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I like the idea of a, a clicky keyboard as well, though. I think that's a fun idea. So just if you're about to throw it away, you need to let me know. Yeah, because that would be the first thing I do if I decide I don't want it. I would definitely <laughs> throw it away. Probably just go out on the on the balcony here and just throw it into the woods that are within a you know, arm's reach of my, my porch. Quarantine does bad things to everyone. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just going to set it on fire. Let's just burn money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
who would you recommend buys a magic keyboard for ipad pro 12.9 yes um so i've i've spoken very highly about this keyboard uh this is a weird position i found myself in because i do not think i could recommend this to anyone else that i know um the only other person that i know that would want this has bought it already and anyone else i do not think is that i would recommend them to buy it so that also kind of stems from the fact that i don't know for sure how many people that i know even really need an ipad pro much less a $350 keyboard to add on to it um because the ipad air the ipad mini uh even the standard ipad are actually great and that gets the ipad experience into people's hands and when people want to do an ipad experience i believe that they want to have a device that's larger than their phone that's easier to pull around than their laptop um that can do a variety of different things in different ways and it's kind of like an experimental thing for most people um a lot of people do use them professionally um but not nearly enough people use them professionally either though. And I'm not, I I do not disregard that. So this is an amazing device for hardcore iPad users. Um, It makes it even more of a laptop replacement than the iPad already was. You know, it's a doubling down. Like if you already have an iPad pro, I think that this is definitely something to consider, but I don't think many people do. The iPad pro is not the most popular ipad out there and even then the people who buy it are probably getting it for the pencil so and this this is a bad accessory for the pencil but the good thing is it pulls right on off so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's a bad accessory for the pencil it's another accessory for the ipad so um it's a neat experience Uh, i think it's a test bed for something more though i think that we'll probably end up seeing another product that's in the ipad line that has a keyboard built into it and that would be a very different device to talk about. Um, closing out, we uh, have picks to share. What do you have to share? What's your pick of this month? It's a throwback, but also a resurrection. Throwback resurrection. Uh, b- back during the Windows 95 days, Microsoft had this set of, of things called power toys and I, I, I really i was too young to ever have used these in their original form on windows 95 so i i know i knew almost nothing about them to be honest uh when windows power toys was uh it was a set of software that uh you could download and use on windows 95 and it was just things for for power users to to make um, using their computer more efficient or to customize it, things like that. And at the time, it was stuff like uh, a tool that allowed you to play an audio CD from the taskbar or allowed you to quickly change the screen resolution or allowed mobile computer users to change their dialing location so they are they are from their time um but 
Microsoft has revived Power Toys for the Windows 10 era. Uh, and they're actually all open source now. Wow. In in typical modern Microsoft fashion. So it's still early, but uh it's it's got some nice tools in it. Like it's it's uh got something they call power rename. So things like bulk renaming and using regular expressions to rename a bunch of files at once. Or something as simple as when you hold the Windows key for a certain length of time, it'll show a guide of all the possible key combinations oh, with yeah. the Windows key. By the way, throwing this out there, that is such an amazing kind of power user feature that, in, or a feature that inspires power users to grow. Um, yep. That's a yep. feature that's on iPadOS as well, where you hold down Command and all the different uh, keyboard shortcuts available to you at that time are available. And or it shows up in a little pop up that says, "Hey, this click Command K and you do this. Click Command C and it does this. It is great, real great. Yeah, it's a it's a cool little thing and it's super simple to do. So that should be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Agreed. There's another one that's very um, very cool. It's called Fancy Zones, and you can set up super complex areas of your screen to make window layouts." And then, like, quickly set everything into those zones. It's it's really cool because you can, like, you can drag windows normally and it won't do anything. But if you hold shift while you're dragging a window, then you can drop that window into one of the zones you've created. So you can you can quickly put yourself into different window layouts with it. So it's it's really really useful. I and I have used it at home and I've been considering talking to my IT team and seeing if I can get it on my computer at work because it would be super useful. But it's, and they're, they're planning on adding a bunch more. And one of them is actually um, similar to a lot of other open source programs and spotlight on Macs. So on uh, with spotlight, you hit, uh, what is it? Command space. And you can, you can do web searches, you can do quick calculations, you can find applications or documents or files. And um, that's actually something that they are going to be putting into Power Toys. They, well, they have it right now. It's called Window Walker, but it's just for finding uh, open apps, I think. But they're planning on expanding it to do uh, command line execution, finding apps or files, doing web searches like anything so um it's there's a bunch of people working on it it's open source so it's it's a very cool thing and it's a nice revival of a uh at this point 25 year old uh project that was intended for 95 so it's a spiritual successor this is a crazy crazy power user tool honestly like uh i had to i had to look up a screenshot in order to really figure it out so i'll uh post the screenshot in the show notes here of what exactly this looks like and it, it, it makes a lot more sense um as well when you see it but i i have a very much a inclination that this probably inspired a lot of power tools or power user tools uh just to come into existence after the fact like i i swear there's a couple um mac apps that i use that don't have nearly as many features as uh you're saying there but you know across the two or three that i have they probably all you know do relatively a similar thing and i wonder whether Mm -hmm. or not this basically inspired several 
several different apps over the course of the generations. So, um, I think I, you know, I, I think with, uh, your IT department, they might be more interested in doing something like that because of the fact that it is a Microsoft product. So that could be a good thing. All right. So that pick just inspired me actually to <laughs> totally destroy my pick. I, I see it's blanked out in one note. This is such a keyboard related pick. And I was like, Oh, duh it's a keyboard episode we should have a keyboard related pick um so uh i'm I'm coming up with one off the top of my head and i and i have a good one i do have a good one and it's more of a tip than a pick per se and this uh tip is you should try to use the same keyboard and the same mouse in all different instances in which you're going to be using a keyboard so if you have a desktop at home that you use a lot, um, and if you have a, la- a desktop at work or a laptop that's permanently docked like a desktop, essentially, you're going to have a keyboard to use for both. And you, sh- I, I, in my opinion, and I think that there's a lot of science behind this as well, you should try to use the same keyboard in both instances. Um, and if you can get a second keyboard, get the exact same second keyboard and use them in both instances, I think that that would help. Um I've I've actually noticed um, a little while ago when I was switching back and forth between different keyboards that I would have a lot more typos on the keyboard that I used less than the keyboard that I used more. So if I went through a, a long weekend of using my desktop at home on my um, Apple keyboard and then I'd go into work and I'd be pounding away on the Logitech keyboard, um, I would be I'd, I'd be screwing things up. And then in which case I'd go back home and they'd be screwing things up on that keyboard. And so the brain, the human brain does not really like to switch things at all. That really likes to get into a rhythm and stick with that. So if you can... Likes patterns. Yeah. So if you can reduce the amount of crap that you put your brain through, it's not a bad idea. Psychologically, uh, you may have a better time if you have the same keyboard in both instances. Yeah. Like if you want to be efficient, absolutely. But don't underestimate the power of surprising your brain <laughs> that's that's the whole thing behind brain teasers and puzzles like yeah, i don't I'm, i know you're just saying like in terms of efficiency and avoiding like typos and things like that so i don't want to be too ridiculous but at the same time you don't want to just put yourself in a box because then your brain is just going to become so ingrained you you won't be able to expand your horizons and pulling it full circle that's also the other thing why um you know ipad os is so uh fascinating to me because of the fact that if you get used to using mac os all the time and that's the only thing you ever use um then which case you get so ingrained and so when you look at uh you know your work mac and your uh home mac um if you have a laptop mac as well you know it all just kind of starts to blend in so when um i was actually just writing an article yet the other day and i was writing it up on my mac and i was like oh, i'm getting writer's block and so then i walked away pulled it up on my ipad and totally different it, everything felt different i was sitting on my couch i wasn't sitting in front of a mac i was writing in a different instance but i was still in the same exact app that's a context breaker Fun times, fun times. So if you if you can, just to keep the consistency, your brain will thank you. So 
And I thank you for listening to Active Discourse. That was quite the segue. Holy crap. Um, it was. <laughs> Good work. And then immediately ruined it by by praising yourself. Sorry for breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, the but... fourth wall is just destroyed. Deadpool would be proud. Sorry for breaking that uh, segue. Killing that segue. But back on topic. Thanks for listening to Active Discourse. Uh, we'll be back next month to discuss some predictions for WWDC, as well as the outcome for WWDC. Um, and I, it looks like there's going to be some Google announcements as well. So, uh, you know, in the meantime, in the meantime, um, we're uh, always interested in hearing any feedback, any questions or topic requests. So feel free to reach out to reach out uh send us an email at active discourse at icloud.com or send us a tweet at active discourse and until next time stay safe bye are you still there (laughs) yeah (laughs) Actually, that was pretty because I've said something every other time, and this time I didn't, and <laughs> it's totally three for. <laughs> <laughs>